Well, Isaac, welcome back. Here we are, Woods in the Wood, getting coffee, take two, as we uh, think about the Colossians and think about uh, going deeper in Christ today, a very powerful passage of scripture. Are you ready to uh, go deep with the Lord? I mean, can we get any deeper than we went last week? I mean, well, that was pretty deep prayer, certainly. And, yeah. uh, but yeah, the, uh, the good news is Paul gets the shovel out with the longer handle and he's going to go much, much deeper today. <laughs> well, let's so, do it then. All right. Let me read this and uh, we'll begin. So it says, beginning in verse 15, speaking of Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Let's just stop there for now. That's a, that's a mouthful. Uh, what, uh, what gets your attention as we uh, talk about Jesus in this fashion? Uh, so it seems like this Jesus guy is a fairly big deal. Um, uh, preeminence, yeah, that's pretty so big. I mean, it's just wild to me. I mean, talking about creation, and I love, you know, it happens in first chapter of John 2, talking about Jesus, not like a lot of times we can think about Jesus showing up in Bethlehem um, all the way to the crucifixion. That's kind of the Jesus we think about, right? 32 years, but that, that he's been around forever. And um, the, the way he's described here, by him, all things were made. Through him, all things were made. For him, all things were made. And then in him, all things remain. And so it's like, that's, there's nothing left. It's all about him. Um, and so I think that's just a, a reminder to me that, you know, really when it comes down to it, like the, the gospel, the Bible, um, really life, it's all about Jesus. Um, and I know from a faith perspective, whenever I have, I mean, you, you have questions, you have doubts that come up, you know, as you especially as you start to look at uh, theology and how the Bible applies to certain aspects of today's lives. But at the end of the day, it all comes back to Jesus. Um, and for, even from a historical perspective, when you talk about the evidence of, of the Bible and the evidence of, of God and the evidence of, it all comes back to Jesus. And for me, Jesus is that proof point even of his life, his life on earth is the evidence, the proof point. And it was him showing up to accomplish God's will, but also to be that, that proof point that, that all of this is real. Um, and so, well, right. I mean, by, it, by him, through him, for him, and then in him, everything remains. It's just, a, it's all about Jesus. So it all comes back to him. Absolutely. And, and, you know, Paul starts out here when he's trying to describe him and really he started talking about the fact that he's um, he is the instrument of our deliverance back in verse 13 and 14. Um, we have redemption through the forgiveness of sin because of uh, his beloved son. And then he says, he is the image of the invisible God. Uh, the Bible says that no one can see God, 
Um, and Philip told Jesus, you know, um, just show us the father and that will be enough. And Jesus is like, Philip, uh, have you been with us so long? Have you been with me so long and you still don't understand? If you've seen me, you've seen the father. I and the father are one. I am the image of the invisible God. I came to show you what God is and, and to represent that. And then it says that he's the firstborn of creation. And that doesn't mean that he was the first thing created. It means he was there before creation. And in case there's any confusion about that, then he goes on in verses 16 and following, as you've described, to make the point that he created all things. Uh, it was done through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. Again, that word all has a great purpose and is very descriptive. It doesn't leave anything out. So um, this, is, this is the Jesus who, oh, by the way, is also the head of the church. Uh, we are the body of Christ, but it is his headship that we submit to, and he has authority over the church, and we look to him to guide and direct us as his body. It's uh, it's a powerful image. And, and if this is the one who's the head of the church, then we should be about his business and, uh, and have no problem doing that because our allegiance is to him. Yeah. There's so many different churches and denominations in today's world. And it's, you know, that's a great, as you're looking for a church to go to, it's a great place to start asking them what they think about Jesus. Um, Cause that will, um, that will show you whether or not they're a part of this or not, um, based on how they view Jesus. Right. No, and, and it's a great question to ask anyone you're talking to, uh, who is Jesus to you? And you learn a lot about where they are and what the opportunity is then to share with them the truth of who he is. Well, I mean, ultimately that's, that's the one question we all have to answer, right? Like that's the determining question. What, what do you, what do you see Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? Um, yes. And and your answer to that question quite literally determines eternity for you. Um, yes. You know, how, do, do you trust what he said, what he says in the Bible? Do you trust who he says he is, that he is God, um, that he came to earth to die for your sins? Um, like that's, that's the view of Jesus that the Bible tells. Um, do you believe that it's all about him, that it's all by him, through him, for him, and in him? Um, is that what you, your view of Jesus? You know, how, how do you view Jesus? Um, it's a great, I, I like asking Christians that question too. Like when you think about Jesus today, right? What's the picture that flashes in your mind? You know, yeah. we, we've got a lot of, there's been a lot of uh, characters of Jesus, right? You know, do you think yeah. of the baby in the manger? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think of the guy in the blue sash sermon on the mountain, Jesus, right? You know, sitting talking right. to folks. Mm-hmm. Do you think of him healing people? Do you think of him walking on, on the waves? Um, do you right. picture him hanging on the cross? Right? right. We got a lot of, a lot of those, those pictures. Um, or that picture but, that's in your office of him reaching down to pull you out of the, of the water. Yeah. yeah. But that's none of those, none of those pictures are who Jesus is today. Right. Jesus is the victor who, who um, conquered death. He came back. He's in a glorified body now, right? And there's, a, there's great descriptions. John gives a, tries to put Jesus into words in Revelation for us. 
Right. You know, Revelation chapter one is is the Jesus holiness and this power and this purity, right? That that's the conquering Jesus that we that we have in us, right? That's that's right. the Jesus we have. And so he's not timid on a mountain, he's not hanging on a cross, he's not a baby in a manger, he's this victorious, all powerful, that Jesus that created all things through him and in him everything remains. That's the guy that we're tapped into, that you and I can tap into and live our lives through. Um, as we talked about last week, that that's the, he's the power through which we, um, we execute the purpose that we've been given, that we walk it out is through Jesus. And it's that Jesus. It's not Jesus, you know, the human right. Jesus that we think of. No, it's the resurrected Lord Jesus. And, and look at what Paul does here, because as he describes who Jesus is and all of this fullness and glory, verse 19, for in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, uh, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So this man, Jesus, who was fully God, died on the cross so that by his blood, we could be saved. And, and so having established that, Paul then turns the, the, the discussion to you, to me, to us, and you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless. We talked about uh, going deeper to reach further. He, he redeemed us and reconciled us so that he could present us holy uh, and blameless and above reproach before him uh, to the Father um, as his bride. Um, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, um, because of the hope of the gospel that you heard. And then he, then he comes down here in verse 27 and makes this amazing statement. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The, uh, he talks first about everything that is in Christ and the fact that Christ is the one holding all things together. And he says, then that's the Christ that dwells in you. Uh, and, and when you recognize that that's what you have available to you, that's the power that you live in, um, his spirit dwells within us, uh, and that gospel mystery that this is available to everyone, not just to the Jews, but to anyone who would call upon the name of the Lord is absolutely astounding. And his goal in all that, he says, uh, verse 28, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. That's the goal of the church is to help believers mature fully in who they are in Christ, because Christ is in them. That's just powerful. When I love the juxtaposition, so he spends the time talking about Jesus, you know, by him, through him, for him, and in him, all that, you know, all of creation was created. And so there's this picture of Jesus. We talked about how we picture Jesus, who he is. And then he goes and he flips it to us, right? And I yeah. just, his description of us, it doesn't take long, but he just says, uh, you're alienated, hostile, doing evil deeds. Like that's, right. that's who we are. That's who we are. 
Like the, it's not that we're these these great things that deserve anything. We we are left to our own selves, alienated from God. We're hostile. Like we're not even ni- we're not nice to God. We're not kind to God. We are on our own hostile to God, um, and we're doing evil things. Like left to ourselves, that's what we do. We do evil. We produce evil. Um, right. But but Jesus, um, so He's reconciled that this lump of evil flesh that we are. He reconciles that to a holy God through His sacrifice. And then he presents us holy and blameless. So he, he takes alienated, hostile, and evil and presents us as holy and blameless to God. And so the key, I think sometimes we, we can beat ourselves up a lot. And it's easy to beat ourselves up when we look at what we are and we recognize that we are alienated, hostile, and evil, right? On our good get, day. We can get trapped in that. But, but God... Because of what Jesus did, God sees Jesus. He sees when he thinks of us, he's not sitting there thinking of all the evil things that we are. He doesn't look at us as evil and alienated and hostile towards him. He sees Jesus. And so he sees us as holy and blameless. And that's a hard place for us to to be comfortable in because we know that we're not. But that's the power of what Jesus did for us. Well, and that's the victory we live in, so that even when we do mess up, we have his wonderful promise. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And so we, we stumble and fall, but we pick ourselves up and we, we ask his forgiveness, and we know that he's promised it to us. And so we, we keep moving forward, deepening our maturity as we go, learning uh, how dangerous it is to depend on ourselves and learning how freeing and victorious it is to depend on him to guide and direct our lives. Because as you said at the beginning, it is all about him, including our life. It should be all about him. And so I, I think we, we get stuck. So we're stuck living, um, living out our lives with this evil flesh as part of us. Um, and we've got this power of Christ in us and, 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 and we get stuck living in, in both worlds. And then, and the Bible spends a lot of time talking to us on how to to um, to work through that that battle within us, right? But I'm reminded of of Paul himself um, in Romans when he's going through that kind of that famous section where he's like, you know, I don't do what I want to do, and I want to do what I don't do, and then I do what I don't want to do, and like all this. So he he spent some time, you know, tongue waggling his way through all of that. And at the end of that statement, he says, "So who will deliver me from this body of death that I'm in?" And so but the body of death that I'm in is very much what he's talking about here in Colossians, right? right. Yeah. Uh, hostility, the evil. And he says, who will deliver me from this? And he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And oh, so Lord. there's that through Jesus. That's how he's delivered from that. That's what frees him is Jesus in him. And so back to the Colossians, it's that that's the mystery, the Christ in me. And so it's, it's not up to us when, when we try to do it ourselves, we do what we don't want to do and don't do what we do and do it and don't do what we want to do, but then do what we don't want to do that. We get lost in that like very quickly, you Absolutely. know, and, and we can't do it on our own. We can't we do paralyze it. The power. Yeah, absolutely. And we fail. We fail to do it on our own. Right. Um, and that's what the entire Old Testament is for is the show is that we fail to do it on our own. Um, but through Christ, Christ in us, that's the mystery. That's the power. Him living through us, that's the power source to live out the purpose. And that's what we just saw earlier in chapter one. You know, we're, we're designed for a purpose. We need to go walk it. We can't walk our purpose on our own. It's only yeah. through him. Absolutely. And, it's, and that's so powerful to realize. 
And when we surrender ourselves to that and, and realize that we don't have to do it all and we allow him to work through us, then great and wonderful things happen. Then the fruit of the spirit is produced in our life and the, the fruit of I- impact uh, because we're abiding in him is John 15. I mean, the, the whole new Testament is all connected in and through this idea that it's all about him. It's when we abide in him, he abides in us. So it's the idea of, of in Christ, but Christ in us that leads us forward and enables us to do great and powerful things, great exploits for him because we're allowing him to do them through us. And I don't know about you, but for me, there's some great freedom in that. Like there's, there's a, um, there's a relief, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of my Christian life trying to do it by myself and, and failing at it. And then being frustrated by that, right? Like I, I just can't, why, this, this is hard. It's not fun. It's, it's hard for me to keep failing over and over again. It's a battle. I believe somebody called it one time. Yeah. It's a battle within, you know, and it's, um, and that's, I think there's so many Christians that live that life of trying to do it on your own, but it's not, you don't do it yourself. It's Christ in you. And so it's this, this release of yourself, which, it, which is hard to do. It's scary to do, but that's what, that's the faith of it. Of like, you know, God, you, you do this through me because I can't do it. And the second you recognize that, that it's not about you, it's about him. Well, that changes the whole mindset. Now there's no pressure on you to do it. Right. Just get out of the way and enjoy the ride. Amen to that. Let's do that. Let's go live that out. I think that's uh, that's powerful. Maybe that's a maybe that's a good place to stop today and let that soak in. But it is the mystery that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. So really, that is it's like the down payment. Uh, he's in us, and we feel His Spirit. We know that He's within us, and that's the down payment of the future glory that awaits us in heaven when we are, in fact, holy, righteous, and redeemed, when we're in our glorified state in heaven with him. But for now, it's a hope. It's a promise. Because he dwells within us, the Spirit of God is a guarantee of what we have to look forward to one day. When when we see Jesus face to face, the Bible says we will be like him. In, uh, and so that glory becomes a reality at that point. Uh, so we have that to celebrate as well. The hope of Christ in us gives us confidence. Whatever craziness is going on in the world today, we will be with Christ forever in heaven, ruling and reigning with him uh, as our Lord. And that journey has started already. Like we're on yeah. that journey now. That's not a we'll wait till the, you know, our life is over here on earth and then we can step into that and it's a flip of a switch. It's, it's, it's a process that we're on now and we can, we can taste that hope today. Absolutely. Uh, we talked last week, uh, looking at the hope of eternity. Um, if we're able to apply that today, that frees us today and gives, encourages us today uh, that, that that hope is there and it's real and, it, and it's alive today, not something that we're waiting for. Right. And, and from a spiritual standpoint, it, you know, uh, Paul said in Ephesians that we've already been seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Um, we're already there. And in, uh, in, as, as he has declared us, holy, righteous, and redeemed, uh, it, uh, it's a done deal. And we just keep living towards that, pressing on towards the mark, Paul said. Yeah. So I think it starts with a deeper understanding of who Jesus is, um, the, the, 
um, the wholeness of Jesus from everything that we know, you know, by him, through him, for him, and in him we remain today. Um, it's that, that understanding of who he is and seeing him as who he is today. Um, but then it's also that deepness with him, allowing him deep in us um, and, and leaning on him to, to live out the purpose that we've been given to do the good works, do the good works that are in front of us um, and to, to live this, this life out through him, not through our strength, but through his strength, which is far greater than ours. Amen. Awesome. Well said. And again, if you want to get to know Jesus more and more and understand who he is, every page of the gospels is talking about Jesus. And uh, I'm back in the habit this year of reading one page of the gospels every day, which means I'll read through all four gospels four times this year. Uh, and that's where you get to know Jesus. Uh, so I encourage folks to dive in and, and uh, get to know Jesus in the Bible and then you'll get to experience him in your life as you live that out. Amen. All right. God bless you. We'll try this again next week and uh, get uh, even deeper into who Jesus is. Looking forward to it. All right.